But all right, well, we're, today we're going to begin a short series, another little mini-series, maybe two, three, four Sundays on remembering the Sabbath day. You know, I've gotten a few questions about this over the, over the, the last couple of years, and so I wanted to lay down this track and make it clear. And, um, and this way we'll have it um, in the archives, and anytime anyone wants to know um, how we can remember the Sabbath day, it'll be, it'll be here and, and ready for us. So let's begin in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this wonderful Lord's Day. Thank you for the beautiful weather. Thank you for our friends, our family, our fellowship here at Christ Church. I pray, Father, that um, you would be blessed this morning in our worship and that we too would be blessed, that we would be reminded that you will never leave us nor forsake us, that we would be equipped to carry out our mission this week. pray, Father, you would um, teach us in this class by your word. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. So Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, right in the middle of the Ten Commandments. And Kevin, can we put it on that TV back there too? All right. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, Let's begin. I'm going to ask a series of questions to unpack this. But first, let's begin by asking, to whom is this addressed? If we uh, go back one verse earlier in verse 7, and I don't know if we can throw that up on the screen, you can see one verse earlier, Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, that it's the word you or thou. Does anyone know what thou is? Is it singular or plural? Thou, and you know the, the King James, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, the thou, 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 but when it gets to this one, it says, remember the Sabbath, but the direct address is still thou, and thou is singular. Yeah, it's singular. Does anyone know the King James plural for y'all? Ye, right? It's ye. Now, we say it um, the grammatically um, correct and the culturally superior way, y'all. Um, and then others say, you guys. And there, there's another one, youenses, or do y'all know that one, youens? That's a strange one. No, but thou in King James English is singular. So whom is it addressing? It's addressing the covenant people of God, singular. How many brides of Christ does he have? He had the harlot, that is old Israel, he divorced her. And now he has the reconstituted Israel into which we are grafted in, the church, Israel, the bride. He has one wife, right? Singular, singular. We are not individually brides of Jesus. There are some strange groups out there that teach strange things like that. But no, we are collectively, covenantally united as one. The church all over the world and the church all over time, past, present, and future, is one. And I believe that this is who it is referring to here, the covenantal people of God. At that time, the covenantal people of God were Israel. 
There was an ethnic component from, the, from Abraham and his household slaves and servants. Um, but today, having been grafted into the children of Abraham, right? This is us. This is for us. So when we ask to whom is it addressed, it's addressed to the covenant people of God. That's us. Right? Now, if you believe that Israel and the church are separate, you can see the dangerous conclusions that will be drawn from that. You will begin to wonder, well, is the Ten Commandments for Israel or is it for the church? And the answer is it's for Israel, but today it is for the new Israel, the church of God, which Paul calls the church, the new Israel, or the true Israel in Galatians chapter 6, verse 16, I believe. So no Christian individual is exempt. If you are a part of the body of Christ, then you must do what? Remember the Sabbath day. If you're not a part of the body of Christ um, and you are in the world, do you have to honor the Sabbath day? Yes. <laughs> but you as a member of the church must especially keep his day holy for you're his holy people. Amen? All right. So who is speaking though? Exodus chapter 20 verse 2. And uh, can we see verse 2? I don't know how, is it complicated to just throw them up there like that or? Okay, let's look at Exodus chapter 20, verse, verse 2, asking who, who is speaking here? Who is speaking? Sorry to put you on the spot like this. I am the Lord your God. What is Lord there, all capitals? Yahweh, his covenantal name revealed to um, Abraham. But what is the word God? Does anyone know that word? Uh, no, it's Elohim. Elohim. Where is the first mention of Elohim in the Bible? Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, Elohim. It's a plural word, by the way. In the beginning, Elohim. So who is speaking these Ten Commandments? Well, it's Elohim, the creator God, who created everything and everyone. But it's also Yahweh the covenantal God who has a special covenant with his covenant people. So if Elohim is your God, then what should you be doing? You should be remembering the Sabbath. And who is Elohim God over? Everyone. Right? And if Yahweh is your covenantal Lord, having given you promises that you are um, to believe in and receive by faith, then you should also be remembering the Sabbath. Do you see that? I think that's uh, pretty clear there. He's Elohim. He is the creator God. And if he is your creator and your covenant God, then this is addressed to you. But notice what else. He is the one who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now, does anyone know that word? It's the, it's the word from which we get redemption. He's our redeemer God. So he's Elohim, he's Yahweh, and he's the redeemer. So have you been redeemed? Have you been brought out of the, the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery? Yes, you have. You've been redeemed, and he's purchased you by what price? What was the ransom price to purchase your, you? His blood, his son's blood. Now, having purchased you, he now owns you. He holds your title deed, right? The debt which was owed, um, sin and the wrath of God is transferred to God. Jesus Christ, and he owns you. So if you are his ransomed slave, what does the master say to you? Work six days, but don't work on the Sabbath day. Amen? Now, he's a, he is a good slave master, giving, giving us one day to completely and utterly rest in him. That's interesting. 
right? I don't know many slave masters that would do that. <clears throat> so if he is your Elohim, your Yahweh, and your Redeemer, then it's, it's for you. Amen? <laughs> Jesus said in the New Testament, he said that the Sabbath was made for whom? The Jews, right? No. He said Sabbath was made for man. And that's the collective word man, which obviously includes woman, right? Um, Jesus said the Son of Man, referring to himself, is Lord of the Sabbath. So if he is Lord of the Sabbath and he is your Lord and he is Lord today, is there a Sabbath today? Yes, he is Lord of the Sabbath then and he's still Lord of the Sabbath today. And the Sabbath is still made for man today. So let's move on to another question. Uh, you can see there in verse 8, why does it begin with the word remember? Anyone? Anyone want to take a stab at that one? Aaron? Is the creation ordinance? It wasn't, it wasn't a, it was in the same manner, but it existed in creation. It was a, a, a law that was given by God in creation. That's right. The Elohim creator God. It's been around um, almost as old as man. That's right. Man is one day older than the Sabbath. Um, because, as you know, man was created on the sixth day, and then God and man together in the garden, Sabbath. Amen? Starting the creation. That was how the creation began, in Sabbath rest, God and man. All right? Amen? It's always been an ordinance. Of course, in the garden, you couldn't murder or commit adultery either. All those were commands um, from the beginning as well. It's just that in the Ten Commandments, God writes them down in stone, right? Um, he gives further uh, revelation and, and he gives more details about how to unpack them. And you can have all the case laws in the Old Testament that explain each one of these Ten Commandments. But these commandments were always, the, the law is a, uh, comes from the heart of God and the mind of God and the heart and mind of God have never changed. The law remains and the law, every single jot and tittle of the law will always remain. Right? Some of the laws, individual laws, take on new form in the New Testament. Like, we don't have to sacrifice lambs anymore, but we still receive the sacrificed lamb. So the laws take on new form, but they are never abolished. Amen? What did Jesus literally say? I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. That's right, to fulfill it. Amen. Listen to Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. And uh, if you have the New American Standard, they get a little closer. They're, it's a little bit more of a literal translation. But notice the phrase, in the course of time. That's literally in the end of days, at the end of the days, which most scholars believe means the end of the week. At the end of the week, right here, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. It was a worship service. And Abel brought the proper sacrifice, which God had ordained, and Cain decided he would worship God however he wanted to. And whenever we worship God, we have to go to him and come to him precisely as he commands, not as we feel in our heart. Amen? All right. And that was a church service, Genesis chapter 7, verse 10. And after seven days, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. You see here this concept, this seven-day concept, all the way back in the earliest part of time. Genesis chapter 8, verse 10. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark, and the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a flesh, freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove. 
So these doves being sent out and man entering into the new creation after the flood starts on the Sabbath. You see how once again, man and God walk out into the new world on the Sabbath. That's, you see that with God and Adam on the Sabbath. You see that with Noah and God on the Sabbath. Both of them looking out over a new creation. Uh, Genesis chapter 29, 27, this is talking about a marriage supper. Their marriage suppers lasted for a week. Complete the week for this one, that's Rachel, and uh, we will give you the other also in return for serving me another seven years. Um, Genesis 50, verse 10, when they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan, they lamented there with a very great and grievous lamentation, and he made a mourning for his father seven days and seven-day funerals. We could go on like this. It's all over the Bible, all over the book of Genesis, and it's all over the book of Exodus, long before Exodus chapter 20 and the revelation on Mount Sinai. That's why it says, remember, right? Now, I want you also to see, as we've gone through all of these, at no point does the Bible ever command that the Sabbath be celebrated on Saturday. Did it ever say that? No, it, 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 it never says that. It, it says, remember the Sabbath. It doesn't say remember the seventh day, and it doesn't say remember Saturday. It says remember the Sabbath. Isn't that interesting? Because God knows that it's going to reach its ultimate fulfillment when Jesus cre- establishes the new, new creation. So we'll get to all of that stuff in, in due time. <clears throat> so remembering, though, remembering is covenantal language, and it's very important every Sunday that you prepare your hearts Right? Early in the morning for worship, that's what the Bible calls a holy convocation, a holy assembly. That's what is intended on the Sabbath. We'll get to that. But you ought to be actively remembering the covenant promises that God has given to us and to all those who've gone before us. Amen? And, and, and you, Satan, or, or his demons, or, or both, are going to, and the world is going to plot against you. The Satan and his demons and the world do not want you to remember God's faithfulness. They want you to start your next week discouraged, distracted. You understand? They, they want you to think pragmatically about this. You know, I have chores and I didn't get them done on Saturday, so I need to get them done. No, it's the Lord's Day. Do you all know the word Lord's Day is an apostrophe S? Okay. <laughs> it's not a plural. It's an apostrophe S, which signifies what? possession it's the day of the lord that's a genitive of possession it means the lord owns the day that means you have to do on the day what the lord says you to do amen now we we haven't even gotten to the specifics yet but i think it's important to understand that it's his day well i had to get i need to do this i need to do that well i'm not saying that this is right or wrong yet we're not getting into any of that i'm just saying it's, the, it's his day, though. It's his day, though, right? So pragmatics don't, do not govern the day, right? Oh, well, you know, I didn't get enough manna the day before, so I need to go out there and collect some manna. You know what happened when, when they did that, right? No, it's his day. You have to, you can't, pragmatics cannot be lord of the day, right? It's his day. <clears throat> um, so one more, let's do another question here. How do we keep this commandment? 
All right, how do we keep this commandment? Notice back at our text, there was a lot said there. I think it's the longest of the Ten Commandments. There's not a lot on thou shalt not kill. There's not a lot on thou shalt not, you know, commit adultery. But there's a lot on right there in the middle on how to remember his holy day. You'll see that there's a lot. And, in, and I think it's important because he wants us to clearly understand. He doesn't want us to be confused. And he doesn't want us to be um, beat up by legalists um, who are always trying to make Christianity boring and miserable and themselves feel self-righteous. And, but he also doesn't want us to live in license and, and miss out on this beautiful blessing of a day, right? And so he gives us precise commands. It's not hard to see or hard to understand. It's very clear. And the one thing he says is um, to make it holy, right? Let's look at it. And y'all can look at it with me. It's starting in verse 8. And maybe, Kevin, we can put it back up there again. It says, first of all, what you need to do is you need to keep it holy. Keep it holy. What does holy mean? It's set apart. That's right. It's set apart. Uh, it doesn't mean that on the Sabbath day that you, um, you know, hover over the ground, um, that you uh, only meditate on invisible things like angels and spirits, right? Because it's holy. It's not spiritual like that. It's not otherworldly. But it is set apart. It's a holy day. It's set apart. Um, when you have, I don't know, do people still do this when you have fancy company come over? Not, not like the people that are always at your house. But I mean like a, a you know, very fancy person. You break out the fine china. Does, do people do that still? Yeah? They at least... They clean, they, they clean the, the living room, right? And they clean the kitchen generally, right? Isn't, isn't that something? You know, like what, is, what are they doing? They're preparing for the arrival of an important guest, right? And, they're, and they've really prepared their, their whole home. It, I mean, compare that to the way people get ready for church and the way they walk into the sanctuary on some, on some mornings. You know, prepare that to the way some churches look. You know, our church is going through a construction project, so it's a little rough. But, I mean, how many churches have you seen out there? And, like, the trees got uh, those, uh, the little shoots coming out all over the place. And there's mold all over the building. And, and nobody is even seeming to even care, right? And the, and the, and the building smells like a poopy diaper, right? They would, you would never do that if, you, if someone was coming to your home. It's a very important person. This is a set-apart day. It's a consecrated day. And so, like fine china, the day of the Sabbath is to be set aside as a unique and special day with a special purpose. It's like the fine china. That's what the word consecrate means. It means you take it, you separate it, you put it in its own special little cabinet, and you shut the doors with the glass so you can see through it, right? And you only pull it out for consecrated purposes. The day is to be made holy, right? And note that it does not say um, it's the seventh day. It says it's the Sabbath day, right? <laughs> Another thing that it says very clearly, let's look at it. <clears throat> Verse 9, six days you shall labor, so one of the ways you have to keep the Sabbath holy is by doing what? You have to work six days. <laughs> That's the ratio. If, and honestly, if you don't work six days, you're going to be restless on the Lord's day. Right? <clears throat> um, if you live a life of sloth or, and you lack industry and you're not being productive and, and making diligent use of your time, 
when Sunday comes, you're going to have rested and done so much leisure all week long that Sunday is just going to be a boring, restless sort of a situation. Anyone ever been on vacation and like right around Wednesday or Thursday, you're like, I'm so bored. We got like some people love to sit at the beach, but go try to sit at the beach for a week. About the fourth day, I'm just like, okay, I got to read books. I got to do, I got to be productive. I got to do something. I'm going out of my mind here, right? Imagine living like that every single day. Yeah, so you have to work six days. And, and fortunately, because of the Christian heritage of our culture and our nation, uh, we, we generally don't have Sunday as a work day. And we also don't have Saturday as a work day, generally speaking. I know every, there's differences there. So I think when you have that set up, it's good to do your, your calling, your vocation Monday through Friday, and then use Saturday to get those chores and everything done, cut the grass, do all that, so that when Sunday comes, you don't have to work. See what I'm saying? Now, that takes planning, and it takes, uh, it, it's not easy to do when you first start doing it. It, it requires maintaining it as a habit, and you've got to get better at it. Like, that takes time. Um, and, there, and you're going to make some mistakes here and there. But the Lord's not, you know, he's not ready to pounce on you. But um, <laughs> you got to trust the Lord. Don't be pragmatic and, and make your preparations so that on the Sabbath day you don't have to work. Remember how much manna they had to pick up on the day before? Two days work. Two days worth so that they didn't have to work on the Sabbath day. So <laughs> six days you shall labor and do all your work. All the domestic work. All the vocational work, all your work, all right? Um, now, there's going to be some exceptions to that. There's a work of necessity, right? You still have to nurse the baby. Um, you still have to provide food and shelter for the kids. You might have to cook. There might be some things you have to do on the Sabbath. Those are called works of necessity. And, uh, and we'll get to all of those various things as they're unfolded in the Scripture for us. But generally, I think you have to say, Lord... Help me to not work. Okay, and just generally, I think, receive that, and then we'll work through all the, nonsense, the uh, nuances later. Make sense? Rest the whole day, and by the whole day, we mean the one and a half hours while you're at church, right? <laughs> no, it's the, the day belongs to the Lord. You know, um, and what are some things that we could do to not work, but not be restless and miserable and bored, um, and, and to set it apart as a unique day. What are some ideas that you might have? Did someone say a fire? Oh, you can have parties. That's right. We call them fellowships. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you can, have, you can get together with your Christian friends. That's right. What a great day to get nobody's got anything to do. Right? It's a perfect day. It's a perfect day. Now, the, the particular family who's hosting is going to have to work, but those fall under the category of works of mercy, in my opinion. It's okay to, to clean up you know, around the party and to serve people. You're doing works of mercy. Uh, give me some other, some other uh, examples. Yeah, visit, visit um, the, the saints in the nursing homes. Visit people in need. Those are acts of mercy. Right? What if someone is broke down on the side of the road? Should you say to them, well, I can't change this tire, it's the Sabbath? No, that's, no, these are works of mercy. These are works of mercy. If your neighbor's donkey is in a ditch, you'd pull that donkey out, much less fix their tire. Right? What are some other things you might do? What, what about um, you know, uh, walking the neighborhood and, and praying for the neighborhood? Would that be a... Yeah? Or, or just or saying hi to the neighbors or picking up trash down the side of the street? Right? Um, what about a nap? 
Yeah, a nap, I mean, it's, we're supposed to rest. And that's literally a physical rest. I hate naps, personally. Um, it makes me feel worse than I did before. Um, but I know some, people, some of y'all love your naps, you know. <laughs> Na- nap it up, yeah. <laughs> nap it up, that's right, nap it up. All right? Um, but, it, but if you don't work six days, trust me, you're going to be miserable. Um, let's look at a few other things. Notice who's not supposed to do any work. You are not supposed to do any work, nor your son or your daughter or your servants. That would be employees, you know, people under you, your inferiors in whatever organization you are in, uh, your livestock. Even the cows aren't supposed to work. God loves animals, by the way. And people who hate animals probably have dark souls. I mean, you really can know a lot about a person by the way they treat their beast. That's what the King James says, right? They're animals. But God, now you do have to milk cows, for example. They can't go a day without being milked. But, but you don't put a yoke on them and work them, right? And then also, uh, non-Christians who are, are living in town nearby you, or you, don't, you don't want to be putting uh, people to work um, at your house, you know? You don't, you don't want to be, and this happened to me. It was really embarrassing. I was, uh, uh, I was getting brought home by another pastor, and I had a guy work, doing dirt work in my yard on Sunday. I was like, I, I, said, I did not want him to do that. Like, he, he, is, he's, he thinks like a slave. He needs to be freed. I mean, he's, he's just worried. He has to work, work, work because he, he thinks if he doesn't, he's not going to have any money. And I try to, hey, that's not where money comes from, you know, not ultimately. So, yeah, don't work. Don't work. I notice the text, though, it does not say wives or mothers. Um, but <laughs> it doesn't say it, but <laughs> but it's implied. It's implied, just to be clear. All right. Now, I also think we ought to rest uh, holistically, rest emotionally, rest mentally. Don't, um, you know, talk about work the whole day if you can help it, you know. And you can feel sorry for me because I, because of my particular role, I have to work on the Lord's Day. And oftentimes I have to talk about things that stress me out and ruin my day. Um, but, you know, that's rare. That's rare. But, um, but you, y'all need to enjoy your rest that God has given you, right? <laughs> Don't be talking about work and stressing yourself out and do all that. The tomorrow can take care of itself. You have enough concerns for the day. Amen? <clears throat> all right. Um, and then also, of course, it is called a holy convocation, which means a congregational worship and assembly. It is designated for uh, gathering with the saints in worship. So that's a non-negotiable, something that you most certainly should do. And, and, and a lot of churches have a Sunday morning and a Sunday evening service. That's good, too. Um, you can have uh, fellowship meals at the church or at homes. That's, that's all great things to do as well. Now, but I want to show you one more thing before we're done. Um, the, commandment, the commandment right after is to honor your mother and father, right? Now, I don't know if y'all are aware of this, but the word for mother and father in Hebrew can also be used for elders, pastors, civil rulers. It's an ambiguous term of authority. Grandparents even. Um, so, the, um, you know, Christian history 
And the context shows clearly that it's referring to mother and father as the fundamental respect that has to be had for society at large. Right? But that respect flows out from mother and father to your superiors in every area of life. To your church superiors, to your civil superiors, to your elders and grandparents. That, that honor of mother and father is basic and you are to have that honor flow out from there. Make sense? This is why honoring your own country, your own people, your own tribe is a good thing. It's not a, a bad thing. It is good to, to be proud to be an American in the Christian sense of that word. We should honor um, those who go before us, etc., etc. Um, but also, in our particular text right here, it's, it's saying that your female servant and your livestock and your son and your daughter cannot work either. So it's, it's, a being, it's addressing superiors in society. So this particular command is especially important for parents to obey and to make sure, what? That their kids obey it. So the, the father especially has to make sure that his whole family is uh, being faithful to the Sabbath command, right? And uh, now everyone is individually responsible to follow Jesus, but the father has to make sure that his household is honoring the Sabbath. And what, but what if, what if your, your, one of your kids doesn't want to do it? What if they don't want to go along? Well, that's why God made you bigger than them, right? Too bad, right? Too bad. They're going to do it. As for me and my household, we will honor the Sabbath. So that's important. Now, the same thing goes for pastors and elders. Uh, if you are in the church and you don't want to honor the Sabbath, well, then it's my job and the other elders' jobs to give you a hard time about that and to make that very painful for you. We, we can't let people just get away with murder, get away with disrespecting the Sabbath because we are particularly responsible, be, being uh, um, superiors in the church covenant, in this church organization. I don't mean being superior. I mean hierarchically, right? Y'all know that word. All right. Um, <clears throat> the same thing goes, I believe, <clears throat> for the town. All right, who is supposed to be running this town? <clears throat> Romans 13, ministers of Christ. Civil rulers are called ministers of Christ. Who should be running this town? It should be Christian ministers, not in the church world, but in the civil world. Makes sense? Um, of course, we don't have that um, because we live in an apostate nation. Um, but if uh, we were faithful, Christians would be leading in the civil sphere and we'd be, they'd be leading in the name of Jesus, and they would be establishing his laws over their particular jurisdiction, right? And one of those would be this, right? Did you know that in, in, um, in Israel, if someone just was incorrigible and refused to repent and continued to violate and blaspheme the Sabbath, that they could be given the death penalty? That's right. It was serious, it was serious. Now, um, people who hate God try to make it out like someone accidentally picked up, you know, a 13th stick and then they got executed. All right? <laughs> That's not how it was. The death penalty was not the only thing that could be done to someone who broke Sabbath. That was the maximum penalty. You understand what I mean? And it, so there, there's, there's a reason why there's a, it's a blood covenant because people could confess their sins and be forgiven. But someone who just insisted on breaking covenant um, would, for example, have all their animals and all their slaves out there driving them hard on the Sabbath. The civil magistrate would come to them, no, we are a free people. 
No one is to work on this day. And he says, yes, I am. Then he, would, could, be, he could be executed if necessary. That's how serious it was. I mean, what sort of a society we would live in if the civil rulers were like, no, we're shutting this thing down. We're shutting this down. This is going to be a holy day for the Lord. Wow, what a society that would be. I know all the uh, employees would be happy about it, right? Now, what if you're an employer and you have uh, you know, 400 employees at your, at your commercial enterprise, and you, and you are an employee, and he keeps trying to make you work on the Sabbath? That's tough. That's tough. But at a minimum, you should ask the guy, you know, sir, let, let us go that we might worship our, our Lord. <laughs> let my people go. And God, God will send some plagues on that business. So I, I, think, I think you pray, you ask, you, you know, you do what you can, but you want to live free and don't let people take your freedom. It's important. All right, now, I don't want anyone to take anything that I've said and deduce crazy legalistic things and then begin to be afraid that Pastor Brandon is about to do something weird on you and stress you out. Don't do that. This is, the Sabbath is a blessing, all right? It's like birthday cake, right? It's, I can, I, look, it's birthday cake, right? Let's not ruin it, uh, but let's also enjoy it, right? I think that's very important.